Hello everyone, welcome to the iSphere episode 22. 22. We're somehow still doing this. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're doing it, we're growing. We're, we're, it's, we're, we're growing. Slowly, we slowly growing. going uh, global. How's, <laughs> how's your week been, Joy? It's been fine. It's been, I'm not going to lie, the winter darkness is hitting me hard. I don't know about anybody else, but the sad is hitting Mm. Um, so I've been looking forward to this all week because I get to be in front of all my lights and <laughs> I was, was going to say like the the one thing that I've been doing like constantly is like I wake up in the morning I go through to like my office space I turn on my side lamp thinking you know what you need is that like 30 minute like boost in the morning it, it stays on all day it, <laughs> it, st it stays on until about six o'clock and it's like okay it can probably start to get a bit darker now but yeah it's um I, it's, it's gloomy and it's not always the best time of year I, for sad. I normally love darkness. I'm a total night owl. I get my best mm. stuff done at night. I've been going to bed at six pm and just, <laughs> I've just been like, nah, I'm I'm not feeling it this year. But um, it yeah, it's hard to be. It, it's difficult. I mean, for a night owl, you'd be like, oh great, I'm up because it's darkness. But this year's just been terrible. I don't know. It's just so dark. I mean, it's dark yeah. at like three pm here now. <laughs> yeah like i see i'm 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 the opposite i quite like getting up in the morning and like i like that um being awake before other people like wake up and start their day um but it's shit when you wake up and it's 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 still, it's, it's, it's still, it's still <laughs> night and you're going yeah and i'm not doing that um but yeah um so what are we talking about today you had a particular topic that you'd like to discuss um well, it started out with, I wanted to talk about what we do in the shadows just because I've been binge watching it. Nice. And it's been, it's basically just been the revival of vampires on television. But make the, 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 the TV vampire renaissance right now for vampires is just, but make it gay. Because like, I don't know if you've been watching the new um, interview with a vampire. It is explicitly they're in a gay relationship and Anne Rice is churning in her grave. You could harness her right now and you could solve the energy crisis. Um, Amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for that. I'm here for all the, the all the, you know, because that was a, a large part of vampire uh, lore and history has always been like insecurities over sexuality and also mm. like foreignness. But it's really interesting to see the shift and like people are like, yeah, yeah, vampire vampires are LGBT culture now. You don't like it, it's really interesting and fun for me. Wasn't um, there wasn't there always a kind of like homosexual kind of angle to vampires, like even way back, like yeah. men of the nights, like that. Yeah, that kind was, of thing. Um, a part of it was um, a fear over foreigners, so you had a lot of fear over immigrants was to do with mm. vampires, but you did also have. Um, the fear of the unnatural, like a, a classic one, would be um, the movie uh, Dracula's Daughter. If you've never seen it, it's like an old black and white film. It is fantastic. It's very campy, and it's basically just the Dracula's daughter is on a cure for vampirism, but it's actually a metaphor for being a lesbian. And you have this right. scene, like if, if you go through the history of, if you see like all the stuff that they struggled with with production, there was supposed to be like a, a lesbian kiss in it. And the, the, the victim gets stripped and everything. And they're like, no, no, we can't have that. So we're just going to apply it. And then it's, it was like this whole thing. And you had this poor Dracula's daughter going, I just want to be cured of my vampirism. But it was a whole metaphor for, I just want to be straight. But she fails and she just continues being 
uh, a lesbian vampire, which I, for I think it was nineteen thirty something it came out. Fantastically yeah. early, <laughs> um, and it's it, that has always been there. That undercurrent of otherness and like that kind of not mainstream has always been there. So to yeah. me, it's really fascinating that it's come full circle, and now it's just you have like um Laszlo and um just being. <laughs> <laughs> sexually ambiguous character that's just New York <laughs> City <laughs> I, it's, it's funny that you mentioned Dracula's Daughter because um, in, in preparation for the stream I decided to take a little look at Vampire Diaries um, yeah. and it's like it's kind of like that kind of schlocky like immediate aftermath of Twilight popularity like a tv show that turned into that and it's funny because uh, the video i was watching on it was talking about there's a there's a, a daughter of uh like she does she doesn't have a dad um the dad the dad well i see she doesn't have a dad she does have a dad but the dad isn't like with the mum because um because he's gay and he left the mum to to go and um and be with his partner but the dad in it is also a a vampire hunter and he mm -hmm. ends he ends up torturing his vampire daughter in a very like weird comparison to like gay conversion therapy yeah, so so you've got that. you've got <laughs> you've got the you've got the gay dad um being like you weren't born you weren't born this way this isn't the way you are <laughs> you can change yeah. and it's like <laughs> Just, I was watching the video and I was like, what were the writers doing? Like, why why bring this up? Making choices. Um, very and funny. making their opinions known. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there, there's been a lot of um, really interesting, fun media that's been kind of like, um, they're not as afraid to be as diverse because there are pro people, I think a lot of people think it's still all like fringe stuff. And you yeah. can get away with things when you're on the fringe more than you can for like a lot of things. Um, and it's it's been my experience as well in like being an indie publisher. There's things that I can publish that I couldn't print in mainstream if I was traditional traditional publishing. Um, so it, for me, it's just really interesting to see this revival and to just be them just owning it. It's just like oh, because so, like the the the, the new um, Vampire Diaries series is hugely popular. Is that a and new one? Like, yeah, have you not seen it yet? I've only seen no. Of, I, wait, so there was a there, so wait there was the the like the immediate after Twilight one, yes. and th there's there's already a reboot of the series. So no, you're thinking Twilight. I'm talking about Interview with a Vampire with Anne Rice. Oh no, sorry, you said Vampire Diaries. Oh sorry. Yeah, yeah. Interview with a Vampire. No. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, the new inter <laughs> there's the brand new Interview with the Vampire series that's out just now. Um. And Vampire Diaries, I hope to God never gets rebooted. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I was going to say it, it ran for eight. <laughs> it ran for eight years, and then it's already but, uh, getting a reboot. Yikes! Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the, it's just it's to me it's fascinating the fact that you know Anne Rice was so vehemently against people finding Lestat gay and sexy, and then you just have the new show that is just gay and sexy the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're literally shading coffins at one point. It's just like, oh, uh, nice. I'm, I'm wondering, right, and, that, like, I was I was trying to put together what's my, like, what's my main, <laughs> my what's, the, what's my main vampire thesis um, going into this, but I'm thinking, see, without, like, schlocky like take the piss out of bad writing -y, 
like mm-hmm. t- like Twilight's dialogue and Vampire Diaries being like a kind of shambles in regard to um like just writing and plot in general. I feel yeah. like I, I feel like that onboarded an audience that actually like that loves that loves the ideas, um, likes to take the piss, and I feel like that's kind of maybe the main thrust of like more comedian like vampire type content because like what yeah. we what we do in the shadows is fucking excellent it is so it's so good um i i prefer the series over the film though um so and, do I, I. and i know that Which that's I, I didn't not think i would but I yeah do. i i didn't mind the film but I, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm not a massive fan of Taika Waititi. I just, I, I don't know. I think he, he, he almost plays the same character in every comedy character that he does. A little um, bit, a little bit. Which, I mean, is, I don't, like, I, I like him as like, so he's brilliant in Our Flag Means Death where he actually plays something really different from all of his other stuff. Yeah, I'm um, still to watch that. I'm keen to that. Oh, you need to. Oh, we could, we could do a whole episode on Our Flag Means Death. We could. We should. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, the... The, the series to me is just like the characters are just so brilliant and i right. love guillermo i love yeah. him so much he is my son i will <laughs> i mean i was gonna say i'd kill for him but he doesn't need me to uh <laughs> but like it's just so well done like especially from like i normally don't like the fake reality tv stuff which i was yeah. I, the reason i didn't watch what we do in the shadows for a long time because i don't like that sort of thing but i love the way it was done for that it was just it, it fits yeah, yeah. It, it it fits that perfectly the kind of mockumentary type thing um i think like yeah it just it just suits it i think it's because it's not treating it as so real life it's not like it's not like the office you know yeah um, the office makes me cringe i'm not yeah. a huge fan of the office because i is the second-hand embarrassment causes me physical pain so yeah. i often can't get through the office is that is that the american office or the british one both right both. okay uh, the american is... one i don't find as excruciating but it could just be because of the uk one it's just ricky gervais and i fucking hate him <laughs> yeah. um, so that, yeah. that could be part of it, it um, yeah i, I find so. like the it's weirdly i feel like the, the british office is like more way more depressing like it's way more it depressing because it's like you know the shitty like office estate like you, you know you've you've seen buildings like that i feel like the american one kind of like coasted on like the first season of the british office and then did its own thing and it becomes a bit more watchable um still it, very cringy. it does more hijinks and it's ah. not it's not as cringy um and I don't mean cringe as in, in the way the kids use it. I mean cringe as in I will literally crumple into dust if I'm made to watch any more secondhand embarrassment. I just can't yeah. handle it. Yeah. Um, I still, even with what we do in the shadows, sometimes I have to pause and just brace myself <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, I'm not built for this. I can't handle this. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, I do enjoy it. I do think it's one of the better um, things on TV right now. And I, I love the characters. I love Nadia. I love Lazo. Um, I'm, I'm so I, 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 yeah. I'm I'm gonna say I fucking love Colin Robinson. I find like it's just it's so good. <laughs> so it's like all like all of his lines, all of his delivery, all of the stuff that he does is just top tier. Um, and I love how he you can know someone that's like that too. Oh yeah, like you we know someone. You're like yeah, you are sucking the life out of the room. <laughs> but the fact that this character takes such joy in it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, that, that's relatable, actually. That's I, I, can, I, 
can for, get behind that. <laughs> for yeah, me, it's, it's all it's all the bits when he does something so like obviously boring, and then he looks at the camera and his eyes yeah. light up. It's just oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, like I don't, I don't know. I find the it's it's almost like refreshing in what it actually is. Cause I can't, you can't compare what we do in the shadows to something as basic as the office is like a mockumentary. No. Cause it's way more than that. And it's like, obviously it's more fantastical. Um, and also like, I quite like how liberal they are with like just killing extras. Like that's yeah. always quite good. Um, and like even the cameramen and stuff in it is like, it's all, it solves the problem you get with a lot of long-running shows where they try to bring in new characters to keep things interesting and then you have this huge cast and you know and you almost have these jokes where it's like i mean there was one i saw about friends the other day and it was didn't have ross have a son and they're like yeah what happened to him and it was basically oh the kid grew up and they didn't want to do it anymore but it was, yeah. they kept making jokes in the show like what happened to your son is you know it's kind of implied that ross is just a deadbeat dad because of that but it's like <laughs> what we do in the shadows gets around having massive amounts of recurrent characters has just killed them off yeah because like because <laughs> they're all they're they're all expendable and even the ones that like you know when the um like the count for example um spoilers uh, but like you know when the count kind of returns and hangs around with like the the devil dog yeah. um like i find all like all of that's like good and works because it's like again it's that fantastical um well they're all in story so there's you know yeah. there's, there's a certain suspension of um belief that you can work with it and be like oh well yeah th- this character came back from the dead of course he did it's a vampire yeah. like you know because you can get away with it to some degree and it also lets them do just insane stuff like absolutely just like oh like the werewolves that are like <laughs> peeing on their lawn and stuff like that because it's yeah. you know they're, they've got a long-standing feud with them and um it it just lets them just be completely off the wall, which I kind of like. Um, yeah. And I, I and then you have Guillermo, who's a very human, grounding character, who's just kind of he Jim looking into the office, in the, the camera on the office. He's just yeah. You know, he occasionally just but better, you know, <laughs> but better. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, but then he also has his own special skills as well, which really brings it together. So yeah, I like um, I it's one of those things I like how the like they aren't like obviously there's a level of like incompetence that comes to it and that what's kind of creates the hijinks um like some of the stuff that nandor does like deliberately annoys people because it's like so yes. like illogical um but it's it's not to the point where you know if you take any of the characters from like the office like michael for example from the american one and it's like they actually become a very fucking annoying character you don't yeah. get that with nandor because there's like that kind of redeeming um aspect to him that like you know he's, he's obviously he's been around for like what fucking 800 years or however long he is he's one of the he's the oldest one isn't he um, i think nandor is yeah and it's like you know he, he can you can draw a lot from that um but yeah, like all all in all, like um, it's been renewed for like season five and six, hasn't it? I think so. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that on um, I watch on Hulu, and I remember seeing there was like a, a thing flashed up. I was like, oh, good, more things I can just binge watch whilst I'm hibernating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, it's I think you know, it's one of those things where I think if it does, they start to run out of ideas. I think it'll just be, you know. 
I mean, I'm interested to see where the next season goes. I don't know how far you've gotten with it. I've, I'm up to date, so I've watched up up everything. Yeah, I'm interested to see where uh, Guillermo's storyline goes because that's been going on from since day one. Is um, for anyone yeah. who know, Guillermo wants to be a vampire, and he's been Nandor's familiar for ten years. Yeah, something like um, that. And Nandor just keeps brushing him off, like, no, I don't want you to be my familiar. Like, you're a human. And then uh, you find out that Guillermo is actually a descendant of Van Helsing. And he's actually <laughs> really good at killing vampires, but he still wants to be one. Yeah. Um, but the the end of the season was, uh, the last one was, Guillermo's sick of everyone's shit. Just absolutely done. And he goes and finds another vampire and is like, I will give you the shit ton of money. It's like all of Because it's, so. it's money that he's also been stealing from Nadia's club <laughs> as, yeah. the, as, the, as the accountant. Um, I think it'll be like, I'm wondering like if it's either it will go wrong or like the Van Helsing blood will prevent him. Um, yeah. Or, I mean, it, it would be quite weird if Guillermo ends up becoming a vampire because you'll lose the grounding character you um, will and i don't think you could replace him with anybody else because he's just such an you know a good character for yeah because the, um, the worry would then be that any new human character that comes in is oh you're the new guillermo and if you if yeah. like that's quite a lot of pressure to put on someone coming into the series in series five it's also very hard um, to write that because you've got you know um he's such a fantastic actor and it would be hard to replicate that, I think. Um, and it's just, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to keep watching it no matter what because it's vampires and that's my my um, current drug of choice. <laughs> if you're, <laughs> if you're new here, you don't know who I am. I write paranormal <laughs> romance. So, um, But it was that kind of like, I was watching it and I'm going, oh, I kind of want to see what happens. But then I'm also like kind of slightly, like you say, slightly scared that if they do take him out of his grounding role, what do they replace that with? Because you do need to have that kind of, amongst all the kind of slapstick, you do need the straight man. And I, I mean straight as in comedy, not um, whatever. Yeah. But um, you, you do need the, the kind of the practical grounding force to make the humour funny so the humour has something to bounce off of. Um, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, did, I must admit, sorry, you, just, <laughs> you reminded me of that because like obviously... Um, <laughs> Uh, Guillermo ha- entered a relationship for the first time in uh, oh, season right. season yeah. four, and Nandor really really likes his boyfriend. He, fan- he, fancies his boyfriend. he, f- he fancies his boyfriend, so gets the genie to turn his wife into the boyfriend. And does Guillermo not travel to London and then he sees does. the <laughs> his boyfriend get, and his boyfriend's clone? oh man it's uh it's heartbreaking that's that's honestly i felt really sorry yeah i did i mean i also for the character of nandor's wife she's such a fantastic character and i don't think they thought the fans would love her as much as they did yeah so now there's a bunch of people really pissed that she's just this whole season she had her agency stripped from her this whole time it it really makes nandor into a complete dick the Mm. whole time and it's just like well yeah, it's it's kind of it took the shine off Nander a little bit, but then you also have yeah. Well, he's he's been alive for so long, like, and he's so used to having like everything pandered to him, like, all, like he's just lost his touch with humanity, and he's he's doing these like kind of like atrocious things. Meanwhile, yeah. you've got um, 
you know, Naja's high on alcohol blood somewhere. And <laughs> yeah. Laszlo's raising baby Robin Colin, you know, just like, yeah, it was, it was a weird season. It was weird, but it was fun. I kind of, I, I kind of yeah. thought it took by how Colin Robinson was like aging. Like some of the, some of the stuff was really funny when it came to like, um, teenage Colin Robinson's uh, balls yeah, yeah. dropping. <laughs> and, yeah, and like him not being able to sing like a wee kid anymore um, was was really funny. But I, I felt it, t- it took quite a while to get back up to... I, I loved the bit when he, he hammered through in the wall and he started to read all the Colin Robinson diaries yes. um, and, and became... Transformed back into his old self. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I don't like... I feel like Nadia's character went quite like did quite a lot of her own thing this season with like the club management um whereas like Matt Berry's character Laszlo um I don't I don't know where he's really gonna go like from I mean he can the good thing is he can probably go anywhere um yeah. but like I, he didn't have the same direction um like in terms of character arc, I thought. Unless his, I'm forgetting something. <laughs> his arc was fascinating because the previous seasons he's been very hedonistic and he always does his own thing. Mm-hmm. And then this one you actually had him doubling down into a paternal role because his friend needed him, which yeah. I thought was actually quite a good kind of character development for him. Um, because you, I mean, he was like before that he was like Jackie Daytona, and he was just he'd go <laughs> off and like become a human bartender and coach a basketball team, and like all like he was the kind of he was probably the most unpredictable character. Yeah, and you're the one that would be, you know, if you find a child inside the, the corpse of your former friend <laughs> that needs to be raised, you'd probably say he wouldn't be the first one. You'd say, well, Guillermo would be the responsible one that would raise that child, and yeah. Guillermo does step up to that that play as well but laszlo immediately goes oh this is my friend oh okay and it's a friend that you know he's never been shown to be that fond of before or it's always been kind of begrudging and it actually shows that you know he's not as quite as um heart on his sleeve as he comes across in the first couple of seasons and it's he's actually got like more depth to him and he's quite loyal and you know he will go the extra mile for his friend and it's not just all hijinks so i did yeah. kind of like that for him it was a very kind of sentimental thing and then obviously when colin says he doesn't remember any of the things that laszlo did for him it just breaks his heart yeah that um, was that was really sad i mean like the one a uh, i'd say the one um seen like pre Colin Robinson does his rebirth yeah. was the the car where like they have to they dismantle yeah, the car uh-huh. um and that was that was always a good laugh um but yeah no was, I'm really interested to see where they kind of like take it and I feel like um I'm I'm I am wondering if you get if you get like do you get what we do in the shadows without like the 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 slush of like twilight i like because because i feel like i'm not i'm not saying that the two are comparable from like a writing or a comedy perspective i'm just talking about like so you've got culturally you know there was like the great onboarding into mainstream was like twilight and the other films that i've forgotten every couple of decades there's a big resurgence in vampire media 
Yeah. And it's it's always, you know, the cringiest, <laughs> worst thing you can think of. But it, it gets people and it forms like it gets a cult following. Um Paranormal Romance is one of the biggest sellers. Yeah. It has been since forever, since the Victorian era. Um and it's that kind of it, it comes and goes in, in surges. And Twilight was the major surge for my generation, unfortunately. I had to edit all the the erotica that came up after that. Um, and as my job, not just for fun, for anyone that's <laughs> I was, was going to say, that, that that totally sounds like you put out an open call and you were like, please no, send was, me all of your... That was 2012. That was, tw- that was my entire 2012. The final Twilight movie was coming out. And I mean, my life was never the same. <laughs> uh, I mean, Craig, <laughs> we, we can't talk, we, we, we're dancing around this here, Joy. We can't not mention Crucifix Nail Nipples here. It was yeah, it was a hundred hundred percent born out of of that whatever the hell that is. If you're somehow here and you don't know what crucifix and nipples is, I challenge you to Google it because the top result is actually my blog, um, and it will take <laughs> you to the story. And it's um, it was a very 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 bad vampire erotica, and a lot of people think it was written by a man. It was not. Um, just going to throw that out there. I know that our entire subreddit is dedicated to men writing women badly. This was written by a woman because I had to talk to her on the phone, and um, she had very strong views. And it's actually Christian erotica, in case anyone missed it. Oh, uh, and Christian erotic is actually a huge subgenre. It's very, very popular, um, and vampires often feature in it because it's you. Know, it's the you know taming the beast. Um, Whereas in queer fiction, a lot of the time, you are the beast and you relate to the beast, which I, which is what I think what we do in the shadows leans into it, is that it leans into the, the you know, the, the the monster's relatable. Whereas yeah. a lot of previous stuff to do with vampires and, you know, all that other stuff was always about taming the monster. Whereas now we are the monsters. You know, it's, it's a very different kind of cultural um, thing, but um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm 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 just I'm reading the quote. I've, I've got I'm I'm not going to read the full thing, but her breasts bit into his hands like crucifix nail nipples tearing at his flesh, but he did not care because he loved her so he loved her so and couldn't stop. Like that, I, that wow, I, come on! I can quote it from memory still. There's parts of it that I can still quote from memory, and it's just seared in there because it was honestly not even the worst plot I've ever done. It was just some of the lines just stay with you, and it's like what, like the whole thing about oh yeah, the hobos, the the, the hobos living on the fire escape waiting to get into our house. I'm like, what is this? Uh, yeah, what is this? But it was like. It was such a thing. Like vampires were such a big thing in you know following Twilight, and it was you know obviously that you know E.L. James wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, um, based off of Twilight fanfic, and that itself caused a huge. That I mean, you can argue that Twilight is responsible for the thriving indie, you know, self-publish market that we have today because that led to. Fifty Shades of Grey, which it in did. turn caused Amazon Kindle to have a massive boost in people going, I can do that. <laughs> and it's now one of the, the biggest publishing sources in the world. Um, you, you know so what the, the worst the worst thing about the Crucifix Neil Nipples <laughs> saga, right, is that I don't think anyone can write that anymore. Like if no. like no one like I almost I almost want to read it in like a fully published like 
thing. I want I want to I want I want to just see it in passing. Um and like you'll I'll I'll never see those three words together in the wild. And I, I feel like you actually prevented that, Joy. Um I, I so really you <laughs> if Twilight gave rise to Fifty Shades of Grey, can you imagine what could have happened if something like Crucifix Neonicles became mainstream? Can you the what the timeline we would be living in? So, so can, can, can I can I ask? Bad. I was going to say, <laughs> I was I was going to say, what year was this? Because you you might be be responsible for Scotland staying in the union, for Brexit, <laughs> for Trump. Uh, all you all you had to do was just give Crucifix Nail Nipples the thumbs up. And yet, no. here we are. <laughs> no. uh, Crucifix on the Pools was in 2012. Right, um, okay. It was, yeah, because it was 2012 because it was the year before I got married. Um, and yeah, that was that was a very stressful time in my life. <laughs> but it was also one of, um, the, the, the author was just unhinged. And I don't care if she, hear, if she somehow finds me through Twitter or something and you hear this, you were unhinged to deal with and you know you were because i had to take out a restraining order but Whoa. um yeah she was she was not a fun person um and it was very kind of um a lot of the other stuff was you know it wasn't fantastic but it also wasn't as weirdly violent and there was a lot of homophobia in it that i didn't include in the original post because it wasn't funny um, ah. you know, there was a lot of things that were very kind of like this is bad, this is this is unpublishable um, and the thing is there are people that take their stuff and they do self-publish those things and they end up with cult followings, um, I'm not going to name her, there's another author who I've briefly got in, I got into a spat with um, her followers tried to take me down and uh, Tumblr nuked her out of orbit for it <laughs> So you know, but people do self-publish these god-awful things and they do get people reading it because it's easy to read and that's a, another thing to to recognize about Twilight's popularity. It's easy to read, um, and not a lot of people know this. The average reading age in America for adults is about twelve years old. Twelve to fifteen years old is the the grasp that most people have for reading literacy in in the US and also the UK. Yeah. Um. So there's a reason young adult is very popular with adults because it remains easy to read. Um. There's a you know I I employed similar stylistic choices with hunger pangs because I wanted to keep it easy to read for neurodivergent people who often struggle with mainstream publishing. Um, so so there's a lot of things that, you know, why do these things take off as cultural phenomenons? Usually it's because they're easy to read and that's hmm. it. <laughs> Crucifix Nail Nipples was not easy to read. <laughs> no, um, no, it was, it was not. not. It was not stylistically you know the sentence structure was very difficult it was somebody who had been brained with a thesaurus and thought they were smarter than everyone else um so you mean sorry like, <laughs> so sorry joy you mean a dainty blue bells of bruises <laughs> around her secret flower is not easy to read <laughs> i'm sorry yeah sorry i do have it up it is the most like i've just had one eye on it and it's yeah i, I yeah Mothman trying yeah. to give people something to Google there. It is not part of the God Emperor arc. <laughs> <laughs> she has never published it because I've looked for it occasionally just to make sure that I'm not about to get found on the internet by this person. Um, That's very fair. 
But uh, no, it was it was one of the things that never would have gotten popular. It would have died in the water. And ironically, if I'd never written about it, no one it would never have become a thing. I've made it more popular than a than than it would have been if it actually got published. And that is my I, I maybe that is why we're in the dark timeline. I don't know. Um, but but um, it, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see how it's evolved from then. Because you had things like that, like a lot of the the, the, the fiction back then that I was editing um, was vampire centric because Twilight was so popular. Yeah. But it was also very dark and grim, and you know, you still see a lot of it, um, especially if you're scrolling through Instabook and all these things and um, book talk as well. You'll have these kind of dark, brooding, loner type people that you know. The only person they ever loved is you, and they will kill the world, and you're basically put on a pedestal. And then you have what a lot of indie queer spaces are doing with their their media that's more diverse. Not even queer, just more diverse, and it's a lot more hopeful, and it's it's more comedy slanted. But um, I think is is the comedy replacing the um, the 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 tired religious angle for a lot of the like the vampire stuff because like um, I, I i'd say what like one of the things that kind of turned me off to a lot of vampire things was like you know if it's vampire um why kind of romance mm-hmm. was like this kind of obsession with like purity and stuff like that like yeah. and like that kind of team like the taming the beast things one side of it but it's also mm-hmm. like as we've seen from crucifix nail nipples it's like the <laughs> the i've never said that so many times in a row um but like it's i think you know whenever i've seen like vampire stuff like previously and you see it when like the, you know the original twilight there is this obsession with bella and how you know like perfect she is now yeah, he doesn't want to hurt her because she's perfect yeah and yeah. it's like Whereas I feel like uh, what we do in the shadows like fucking bends that like in in its entirety because it there's there's no there's no like there's there's no weird honourable stance from the vampires for like turning people. What why do they why does Nandor not want to turn Guillermo? Because Guillermo's a really good familiar and that's yeah. it and he's a selfish bastard. Whereas like. You know, imagine if Nan. If, I don't think it would even work if Nandor was like, "Oh, you're you're too pure for this, Guillermo." It um, wouldn't work because it's just completely. It's not the culture we're in. Yeah, it, it's the culture people are trying to drag us back into, um, and mm. it's especially over here in the US. There's been a huge shift towards you know purity values and all sorts of things. You see it especially in in fandom spaces as well. There's a huge people are trying to drag you back towards the the purity culture aspect of it and i'm <laughs> for anyone listening who doesn't know i'm not a fan um, yeah. and it's it, you know for me it was when i was doing a lot of versus the stuff i've seen before in the last decade versus the stuff i see now when i when i'm if i get arc sent to me or whatever it is completely different there is a lot less concern with you know pure pure values and like you don't get as much of the virgin trope which was a huge thing yeah um it's there will always be a a, a section for it but it's not as big as it was i I kind of see that on par with the purity thing like they do kind of go quite hand in hand um like you know bella's pure bella's a virgin Mm -hmm. like like that was like that's very much it but like one of the things I also kind of see, which I'm not sure if you'll agree with, but like, 
I feel like what we do in the shadows is like a really good pushback against you. We've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast that like article where like everyone on telly is is like beautiful, but nobody's horny. Whereas yes. like it, like literally every single woman I've encountered that um, has watched what we do in the shadows wants to like mount Matt Berry. Yes. Like because there's, there's, there's that meme which is you know the couple that you want. To, to to friend you on Tinder and then there's the couple that actually does. Yeah. If Nandor and if not Nandor, if Laszlo and Nasia t- turned up, I'd be yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yep. <It's, laughs> um, so the, there's but, like it's a massive pushback against that as well, which is kind of good. Like it is uh, when I say pushback, I'm saying it like it's a pushback against the like everyone's beautiful but nobody's horny. Um, <laughs> it, it's you know, people. They look like real people. They're yeah. eccentric because of how they're dressed. But honestly, that's just the cat house on a Saturday night in Glasgow. Exactly. Um, for you know, anyone not from Scotland, the cat house is a major goth club in in Glasgow. Um, but it's you know, it's that kind of very. It's the weird kids having fun yeah. and having a life, and they're actually the weird kids. They're not the weird kids that are pretending to be weird kids. They're not the you know the kind of. Um, especially, I see. I saw it a lot in like a, in American sitcoms when I was wee. It was stuff like you know, oh, I'm the weird kid. And it's like, oh, so you're pretty point two point oh, but you've got black hair and piercings, you yeah. know. And it's like the the people that actually have like not perfect features are are, are never featured. Whereas now you're getting people that have like you know the larger noses, the the, the double chin, and they're portrayed as sexy. Whereas you never would have had that before. Um, and it's that kind of it is a nice pushback against that. It is very much these characters absolutely, you know, absolutely fuck. They literally fuck on screen, you know, <laughs> yeah. usually in a comical fashion, but, you know, they're they're doing the thing and they are seen as desirable. And it's that kind of um, almost like the Morticia and Gomez when they were making the 1993 film. There was a note on the script that said, if they are not allowed to be demonically horny for each other, we're not doing this. And yeah. it's like, yes, good. Because it was a very, you know, up until then, even in the 90s, a lot of, like, romantic portrayals were heavily sanitized. Like, even like, when you had Pretty Women, where um, Richard Gere's character is literally just paying a sex worker to live with him for a week because she's convenient to have as a date. You know, it was very nitty-gritty stuff, but it was so stylistically beautiful and perfect. It was never, to me, like, at least watching it again, it's not sexy. It's just watching two dolls mashed together, and you did not nah. believe the chemistry was there. And then you have something like the the stuff we're getting now. It's just you know, it's a lot more pleasant. And I think um, when you have the things that push back against that, um, the, I mean, I will watch like something like say the Marvel was a good example, like the Avengers and stuff. There was yeah. a lot of people in twenty twelve. I would argue that the appeal of the Avengers in twenty twelve was um, you know a lot of people just wanted the found family trope um, and I never yeah. fully understand that I want to bang everyone that came out of that because I'm going yeah, they're nice but they're kind of bland yeah I mean, I mean I'm not, not going to say no to Chris Evans if he shows up but like it's still like like it's not even about how he looks it's more about the fact that you know he seems to be a nice person yeah um, I kind of I actually yeah. I actually think like the the appeal of the actors in the Marvel universe has actually gone downhill the more Marvel have churned out like more of they've churned out films. Like 
what like for a a good example is actually Thor, um, and this this relates to like the kind of take up a TE one because he came in when there was the was it Ragnarok? I think it was Ragnarok yes. was like the good one after like two really shit like Thor films. Ragnarok was like the one that like that was the Great. big that was the big one. Um, but like I've heard that like now that Love and Thunders came out. It's like I I haven't seen Love and Thunder. I know it's on Disney Plus, but like I couldn't bring myself to watch it because I'm fucking exhausted of superhero films. Um, yeah, I'm burned out on them. And I feel like they're always they're always made to a very specific formula, and they're all very bland. The the, the next superhero film I will watch will be the next animated Spider Man, and that yeah. will that like that's the only one I'm gonna allow myself to watch because like I'm just I'm not interested in any of the other ones. Um, they're all like well and truly um, gone um, and sorry I think it was uh, yeah Ever Entropy uh, just wrote something that was quite interesting so I saw that apparently in the new uh, Wakanda film um, the kind of the, the, the second Black Panther yeah. film uh-huh. apparently they've like <laughs> they've paid like the special effects team to like remove the bulge from like one of the one of the actors um like costumes and it is like was did disney really have to like un like I, uh, that that's imagine being imagine being an actor and having your like you know obviously you prepare for a role whether it's you're getting ripped or you have to like you know whatever they want but then like special effects just like oh sorry you're you're showing too much penis no penis allowed <laughs> but, the, but that's the, also that's also bad costuming they're taking they're, yeah. they're not putting money into costuming like they used to and they're relying on cgi for everything whereas good costuming would actually hide that yeah that's and fair that bugs the hell out of me i have a friend that does um <laughs> uh, she works for the royal ballet in london they the, a lot of the, you know the, the 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 male ballet dancers have to be appropriately attired, yeah. but you still see things because they're just they're wearing tights, you know. And it's like, but nobody gets up in arms over that. It's not an issue. But Disney's like, no, we don't want no 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 penis, none at all. And it's like they've almost done a complete <laughs> like reversal from like all the animators that used to sneak the rat. Like there's so many dicks in the 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 castle from Little Mermaid. It almost feels yeah. as if they're just trying to wipe the slate clean. And I wouldn't put it past them to try and do that, like just sanitize everything they're doing to the point of complete sexlessness. Um, you know, I think it like it, yeah. it's it's funny because I feel like there's um there's like there's films I, I feel like like obviously there's like triple E games. I feel like the kind of triple E like Disney films, like for example, another good one is um they did the same like special effects on the new Jurassic Parks, because um, mm-hmm. uh, Bryce uh, is it Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, I think so. She's yeah. she's she's got a bit of an arse, and apparently for like the 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 posters for the film, they like they trim <laughs> they trimmed her arse down. They like down. they literally like they 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 made it flat <laughs> so she could so she could stand and look out a window at like. And it's like, come on, why, why do we need to do why? this? <laughs> why, yeah, why do we, why do we need to do that? So give us ours. This, this is a thing. This is um, my. 
I wish my editor was on because she could talk about this for hours. But Puritans were not as puritanical as we think they are. So people talking about, oh, it's puritanical. Puritans yeah. were actually quite freaky. Um, they <laughs> had certain views, but they, you know, there was you know a lot of things that are we looked at were the extremism of it. So we're looking at this and going, oh well, we're going back to puritanical times. Puritans still fucked. They still had asses. They still had they had you know cod pieces. <laughs> like we knew that people had body parts. Why are these things being so hypersexualized that they're being CGI'd out instead of just being like, yeah, some people have anatomy. Like, yeah. what, what does that achieve? Other than to yeah. make people afraid of bodies that more so than they already are. It annoys the living hell out of me. We're trying to get a, a body neutrality movement going. And that includes just being like, yeah, some people's bodies have got lumps and bumps. That's it. Yeah. I, it's it bugs the shit out of me. Sorry, is it not? No, no, that's that's absolutely fine. I mean, I think like the, it's it is it is strange because like by it it's something that I, like we wouldn't even talk about on stream if they weren't like going into underpaid special effects people and saying, "Can yeah. you trim off this?" It's like if honestly nobody's gonna comment if there was a guy with a little bit of bulge in his fucking costume who cares horny people, some extremely horny people might but, but, uh, horn, but horny people are gonna do that anyway though and yeah, like horny people yeah. are gonna get more upset that it's been edited than puritans who uh, would point out that oh this isn't appropriate for a child's film that the problem also, if why are you if, you if you are so against those things why are you looking like that's the thing that gets me. Like if you're being, you're the one being inappropriate. You're the one staring. Yeah. Just accept it. It's a body part and move on. That that's it. If but, you're the one that has to be like, oh, that if you are focused so much on that, you're the person with the problem. It's weird you know? though, because like I mean, you like, I'm like back in the day, like I, I wouldn't say I was like the horniest child. I was probably up there, but like you know, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's it's not something. It, it, like there's a particular horny mindset that you've got to be in to spot all of these things and then say oh but what about the children because mm -hmm. lots of children won't even fucking notice that they're too busy watching the cool fight scene you know yeah they're it's, watching the sparkly things on screen they're watching the explosions and it, it like it, it does seem weird to get like pre-offended on behalf of the children um well, I mean, most arguments when, about think of the children are not about yeah. the children. It's about controlling the narrative and yeah. your ideas of acceptability. And it's a huge... <laughs> stares, stares at every political thing happening at the moment. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, you know, it's always, whenever someone, you know... I had a... Um, I do, obviously, I do the promo post for my stuff. Yeah. And I get people... I You can tell that Twitter is now on Tumblr because I get people going on to old posts of mine that aren't really that horny and being like, this is inappropriate. This should be behind a filter. And it's like, where did you come from? <laughs> get, get, get a fucking spray bottle out. Back, back, back. <laughs> but it's I like, did... I'm like, in retaliation for that, I'm just posting the horniest extracts. That's, that's <laughs> got them all queued up. I'm just like, no. Like, like, you do not, it's not, the stuff I'm posting is not sexually explicit. You do not get to come at me and say, this is inappropriate. I think because like it implies sex. Sex happens. Yeah. It also doesn't happen. It's not a big deal. So I, I liked I liked one of your your posts earlier where you were talking about the um this this wave of Twitter and TikTok people coming onto Tumblr and like uh, censoring oh, yeah. all of the words. <laughs> I find that like that is the 
like that to it, me is just hilarious. Like, like, like even um, even people that are using like different terms, like I'm I'm sorry, but unaliving is just don't use that. It like that's not going to be caught by anyone, no. really. Like it's it's something that was born out of people's fear on TikTok that they would get moderated if they said kill in mm-hmm. in a video. They they thought that there's someone in the algorithm that goes and says, oh, anyone that gets killed is getting suppressed. There's like a post, um, and that is it. Yeah, it's, it doesn't doesn't happen. It's not how algorithms work. Um, it's not. There was it's a, also not how Tumblr works because no. Tumblr actually lets you send, it lets you filter for your own safety, which has been really. We started off at the start, and I was like, "Yeah, my mental health's not doing great right now." Part of that has been people coming into my inbox and talking about really sensitive subjects, and instead yeah. of using the words like suicide, rape, other things, they're using leet speak, which is what it is. It's leet speak. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're filtering the words out so that my filter doesn't catch it and I get exposed to a shit ton of stuff that I am not in a place to handle. Yep. I'm like, I have those filters in place for a reason. Yeah. You getting around that is not acceptable because yeah. it just means you don't actually care about other people. You're just, you're worried about the, you know, filtering the word does not stop the word from being triggering or censoring the word, yeah. sorry, does not stop the word from being triggering. I still know what you're talking about. I don't want to be reading the thing that's why I have the filter in place. Yeah. <laughs> because I was... I, I'm not headspace for that. But you have people be like, oh, I'm just trying to be polite. And it's like, it's not polite. You're being an arsehole. Yeah. It's, you know, I understand if you are coming from a new platform where this is all you know, but you are on Tumblr, you can say words. You can yeah. say them. And we encourage that. It's the same with AO3 tagging. I was um, reading a Witcher fic this week and Somebody <laughs> wrote the word dead as D at D, D E at D dead. And I was like, it's, this is the Witcher. Like, canon violence is a thing. Yeah. Like, and also it's AO3. You don't have to censor it this way. But it's what they're used to. They're used to being like, they get their account suspended. Or, you know, um, I, the, the people on Twitter, but, I have people being like, how can you just write about all this? And I'm like, because I'm on Tumblr and Tumblr doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I find like yeah. that that whole that whole thing purely stems from a social media environment where people are scared of being like suppressed for whatever. And to, like it's kind of it's kind of been proven that like a lot of algorithms actually take context into it. Like, you know, it's one thing to post a TikTok of dead bodies, for example versus mm-hmm. talking about oh I've, i'm you know I'm, I'm not home on time i'm so dead when i get home like people take all that into into actual context one thing i have seen on tumblr which has been really fucking annoying is and i'm not sure if it's a i'm i'm sure it's a twitter user coming to tumblr and thinking that like accounts like sort of semi big accounts are are really dumb because I've been getting a ton of asks that are like so clearly designed to like speak to my following as opposed Mm -hmm. to me and like they want to essentially use my blog as a platform and 
I think for quite, like, obviously I don't mind slapping down some on occasion if they're being particularly dumb, but when they start to post, like, six links in their ask, there's no fucking way I'm posting that. One, because asks with links in them tend to be really fucking annoying anyway, but, Mm -hmm. like, two, I'm not espousing six shitty, sketchy links into the into the ether so uh, and exposing all the people who like people who like follow the likes of you and me don't want exposed to any of that shit you know yeah um it's actually a thing that i've noticed with donation posts they have um i i only reblog donation posts from people that i'm that i'm friends with um that is my rule because you can't check to see if everybody's a scam like i get 20 to 50 of them a day requests yeah um and they're actually some people will approach you and say, "Hey, I saw you reblog this thing. Please don't tag it as mutual aid because people filter for that, and then people don't see it." And I'm going, "If people are filtering it, it's because it's triggering, or they just don't want to see it." I'm not going to inflict that on something. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, you know, censor something to get around someone's boundaries. Those boundaries are in place for a reason. Whether you think yeah. they're valid or not, they're still there, and I'm not going to ignore them. Yep. And it was like, oh well, you're you're causing damage because these people aren't getting the full help they could be getting. No, it's not, it. <laughs> it's not how that works. Absolute, not how that works. Absolutely, absolutely not how that works. And, um, so but, I, it's been one of yeah. those like I really double down on. I'm literally only reblogging from three friends right now because I'm not doing like it, it, I and I feel bad because there were times when you know uh, when I was extremely ill, we had to do stuff so I could get an MRI done. And I got a lot of help from the community, and that was wonderful. But I got help because people knew who I was, because I contribute to the the Tumblr yeah. ecosystem. Um, and it's you know I'm obviously not a scam account. <laughs> As you say, um, you're you're the you're you're Biblisphere professional Tumblr cultivator curator. <laughs> you curate I'm, I'm the of, Tumblr experience I'm, for them. I saw someone the other day uh, referred to me as one of the load-bearing posters of uh, <laughs> Tumblr. And I was like, that's actually pretty funny. Crucifix but, uh, nail nipples is actually yeah. like the one post that's propping up half of Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just that you have these new people coming in and they want you to do the stuff that you did on Twitter. And I'm like, no, Twitter was a trash fire. For yeah. different reasons than Tumblr is a trash fire. No, I, I, sorry, sorry, I'm I'm put, I'm putting my foot down as well. We can't we can't talk about Twitter today. Um, no, we're not. We can't. We can't. It's, it's one of the rules. I'm 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 sick so, of it. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. It's no. Um, back to vampires. <laughs> back to vampires. Um, I'm wondering what's the next. Um, like what's the next vampire thing? What's the next evolution? I see. Hunger Pangs animated series hitting Netflix. I would love that beyond anything. That is I, one I, of the when I'm sad and I can't write, I tell myself, imagine what this will be like when it's a Netflix animated special, and that actually motivates me slightly, even though I know it will never happen. Oh, yeah, yeah it could not with that <laughs> fucking attitude. I'm, I'm serious. I would be amazing. It would be incredible. Um, how many episodes would it be? For like book one, how many episodes would you want it? Would you want it to be twenty minute cuts, or would you want it to be like hour long episodes? I honestly don't know. I am. I feel like sometimes an hour is too long for things. I'm not sure. Um, 
<laughs> I just oh. saw Waffle Fred's comment. Hunger Pangs gets rewritten into a straight OTP. Oh, Absolutely no. not. <laughs> I think you're create. You're you would have to have creative, uh, creative decision. Yeah, creative control. Yeah, creative control. Be like I am, I am on the floor with this one. I am on the ground. You do not get to <laughs> to do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's you know, um, I think I think you could do it in forty minutes probably. That would um, be cool. And then. I, I'm just sorry. As a mod, I'm seeing some of the stuff that's getting filtered out there from someone's comment. But um, <laughs> it was the, <laughs> it flashed up on my screen. It was very distracting. Um, and yeah, if I, I think if it ever was animated, I would be probably be forty minute episodes. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah, and because I know the audiobook, most of the chapters are twenty minutes long. Um, but that yeah. might be. Because you literally, if you were doing it that way, if you were doing 20 minutes at a time, you'd probably only get, you'd, you'd end up with like 40 episodes for season one. Which is not a bad thing. Hey, it's but, not, uh, a, not a bad thing at all. Yeah. Um, no, nah, would be, it would be amazing. It would be, and it would, it would work so well animated. It would, it would work. It would. It I would, don't think it, people ask me for my, my fan cast, and I'm like, I don't think it would work with real. Like, I've done it. I've, I've, I've made a fan cast, but... I don't think it would work with real people. I think you would have to have it animated just yeah. to do the kind of the stuff that's in there. Um, I don't think Demon Rose would work with CGI. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's it's you know I I would love that. And you know my my illustrator um, is a professional comics person, and we I you know we've occasionally toyed with the idea of doing graphic novel. That would be it. amazing. Yeah. Um, which could be a good jumping board for that, but there's no, nothing confirmed for that because they are also very busy working for DC at the minute. <laughs> so um, not many people can say that. Not many romance authors can be like, yeah, my, my, my cover illustrator works for DC. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's uh, the, and what are you wanting? What are you wanting to, Waffle Fraud? Um, I think uh, it's, the, it's the comment about the beavers, as in oh, the beavers. There's, a, there's apparently a post somewhere slut-shaming beavers for having multiple sexual partners. I mean, there's post-slut-shaming <laughs> everything. There's there's post-slut-shaming <laughs> Alexander Hamilton, for God's sake, which I've just seen pop up in the chat as well. Um, I'm waiting on one slut-shaming me. Just someone, someone takes a still from my stream or something like that and just emblazons the word. It's just your like, Udi one. With the feet out. It's just... Yeah, it's the it's the it's the non is the non blurred feet uh, feet post available yeah. for for Kofi and donators only. Although just throwing that out for anyone that's listening, Kofi has a very strict not safe for work policy, and if you were caught doing any of those things, your account will be terminated. So thank you for the heads up, Joe. Um, just just the heads up there. Um, you can do a Patreon because pa- pa- True. that's another thing that's annoying me this week. Patreon keeps flagging my account as adult on Patreon, even though I only post links to my Discord and occasional behind the scenes book stuff. And it's like, cool. I'm literally doing nothing hmm. that would warrant you putting a temporary freeze on my funds, but never mind. Is um, is it is it because they're just flagging anything vaguely LGBT as being probably. not not safe for Quite work? Probably. Yep. Um, that would it, make no, sense. It's also, there was a while ago I had tariffs were falsely reporting all my accounts trying to cut off my income. So that was oh, fun. lovely people. Um, yeah, it happened with Amazon. Amazon had to re- review Fangs and they they found it was within their terms of service. So that was nice. But um, yeah, it, it there is a major pushback for like to make you know 
LGBT stuff more explicit, and that that already happens. That already exists. Yeah, and it's really interesting, you know, that things that are more mainstream, like what we do in the shadows, can get away with it more. Yeah, um, and it's it's nice to see that. I mean, I fully love the fact that you have Laszlo, who's like set up to be a very womanizing character, who's like doesn't really give a shit. <laughs> but about I like. I, I do. I do kind of love the just like well, I'll fuck anyone. You know, like yeah. it's yeah. like I think that's a good way to approach a character like that, um, mm-hmm. where it's like not not focused on the womanizing aspect, but just. What do you call it when it's uh when it's not not a woman just just, just a, a sh- yeah. uh, it's positivity in, in the chat tonight. But um It's just a yeah, shagger, you know? Like he just mm-hmm. goes around. I mean, it's kinda like um uh, Joey Beatty's character Jaskier in the the Witcher Netflix. Jaskier mm. is a notorious womanizer in the games and the books. Yep. And then you have Joey Beatty who's chosen to be as play it as sexually ambiguous as possible, which is good for him. Yeah, um, and you know, and he's getting like blinkers put on him by the writers that are going, no, no, he's he's whatever, and it's like, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and it's just kind of it's interesting to see how you know some of the actors are trying to like. There was a whole thing with Star Wars. You had um, what's his face, Oscar Isaac. And John Boyega were trying to be like, yeah, yeah, Finpo, Finpo, and you and can Dis- see that Disney, Disney, Disney was like, no, absolutely not. That's banned. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no gay people in space. Yeah, <laughs> there's, was... no, there's no gay people in space apart from that. They're like, oh yeah, Star Wars first kiss. And it's like twenty seconds of like you can't even see them. Oh um, yeah, I, but it's it, yeah. It was. Don't get me started on the Disney Star Wars. I fucking I hate. Although I have heard that Andor is amazing. Like I've, I, I've, I've heard that as well. I've as in I've heard it's the best Star Wars thing ever. Like, like I, I quite like the Mandalorian. Um, I've enjoyed the Mandalorian. The uh, I I haven't seen Andor yet. I don't have Disney Plus at the minute. But um, yeah. it's it's kind of you know the fact that they're putting these diverse things into the fringe stuff and not the big the big films. Yeah. And the fringe stuff is doing better, and it's just like ah, oh, this is they're trying to stick to the formula that they know works, but the formula is no longer relevant. Yeah. Um. So it's um, it yeah, it's very kind of uh, <laughs> interesting that they're trying to stick to the tried and true. And it's just not working as well as they wanted to. But then also they're not sticking to the tried and true because they're not fucking writing things out in advance anymore. Um, yeah. So it's <laughs> There's, they're 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 going for like peak peak broad brush appeasement for as many people as possible. And it's why nothing's critically acclaimed. Um yes. they're they're basically they're filming things to not catch the ire of like bigots who would kick up a fuss. Um Which you me- can't do that. You cannot make yeah. good art doing that. And the thing about Star Wars is it was in in the 70s, it was a very silly, you know, they didn't think it would amount to anything. But it became one of the cornerstones of modern media. Yeah. Because it it was artistic, because it was brilliant, because, they, you know, you, you had, you know, it made a statement. Whereas now the current ones are, well, sometimes maybe the Nazis are okay. <laughs> it's just like, no, absolutely the fuck well, not. Well, isn't that um, the case of the, like, Disney's um, Star Wars attractions? Like, as in, at the parks? Like, they've yeah, got the Galaxy... Like, it's all like, the First Order stuff. But, like, they've got, the, they've got, like, the Star Wars Hotel. And apparently one of the, the like, the activities that they get all the kids to do is, like, 
<laughs> report Chewbacca to the fucking First Order authorities or something like that. I'm sure I read that somewhere and I was like, surely fucking not. But um, training them to be snitches and it's just like absolutely <laughs> not. But that that was in um, The Sims as well. The Sims you can choose to be either um, you can choose either side in The Sims. But the like, Sims. It's more fun to be the bad side. Um, it was Journey to Jakku, I think it was that The Sims did. And oh, it was, right. you, know, you, wow. you can play as a Jedi or it was it was not a good it was not good was it was an expansion pack for the sims an expansion pack yeah oh right what the um, fuck the, I, will, I will say the textures and the like the, the the household stuff fantastic the world is garbage <laughs> but um it was like you know you could either be a jedi or you could do first order and the first order stuff was more fun i think because oh, no. it, is, it is more fun sometimes to do naughty things but it's like, is it not? <laughs> not, is not, it not be, <laughs> not be a fucking Nazi. <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. And it's like, it, but it was more things like, oh, go and do this, go and do that. Whereas the good one, you know, working for the Jedi side was like very kind of like, um, uh, yeah. I mean, cool. I feel like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this, um, the 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 first. So this is the the first Star Wars Battlefront two. Um, when that the campaign of like, like the rise of empire where you were playing the clones and then like halfway through the campaign you transition, <laughs> transitioned into the stormtroopers gunning down all the rebels um it very much took you on that journey of like oh we are the we're the bad are, are we the baddies <laughs> yeah um, also is um kita is that how you say that name you are kita kita in the chat kita. it's it's really kind of sketched that jedi sith choice was always in the feature in the star wars games it wasn't yeah. So a lot of the early Star Wars games, you made a moral choice, and if you took if you did the bad thing, you got the bad ending, and it made the game harder. So yeah. it was a lot of the time it encouraged you to pick the light side. Like I think the first one, because a lot of them before the Kyle Katarn ones, there wasn't a lot of choose a side. It was always fight that be on the rebel side, fight that I mean, the Empire. Even then, even the Knights of the Old Republic one, where you did get the option to straight up be the Sith, like you you had to like kill like yeah. half your teammates in order to do that ending it was the bad ending um, it was yeah and it's annoying because the fandom is so much better like the stuff hmm. that the fandom puts out is so it's so much more nuanced and you're going well yeah because they can afford to take the risk and you know if bigots find it then you just block them you know disney can't block bigots from ranting about all i mean they probably could actually if you think about the third the amount of wealth they have and the reach they have <laughs> yeah but um it's it's that kind of um you miss there's no nuance in any of it anymore there's no statements like i i actually saw um someone call casablanca a uh, problematic what? because yeah so it was casablanca it was well he's broken the law too so he's helping them so that that is questionable and it's like they're, they're literally breaking the law because they're fighting against Nazis. You yeah. cannot turn around and say the other person has also broken the law, therefore they are bad. That's not how yeah, it works. But I don't see Casa- Casablanca wouldn't get made anymore. No. Because it would be, well, it would upset people. Good. Some people deserve to be upset. Some people <laughs> are deserve to be made to think about their life choices and to make a better choice. Yeah, um, I'll I'll never I'll never buy so, the they're as bad as each other thing. No, like, and absolutely. that's there's a very like the centristy type side. 
Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm just uh, I've remembered something about the Star Wars hotel that I thought was also quite funny. So it was like it was set up as like a wholly like immersive kind of like experience, right? Mm-hmm. So you would go in, you would like you would sleep in your uh, like a wee pod, but like the rooms didn't have windows. <laughs> You were supposed to be on like a spaceship, and like there was there was like t- it was like TV windows. There was like no fucking light getting into the room at all. Um, I to Apparently, apparently, all the food was like shite as well. Um, you know, like you just end up being trapped in this uh, this weird box <laughs> where you've got to role play as a mini Nazi snitch for like fucking two days or something. The um, thing is, see, when I was younger, I would have, I would have committed arson to have a Star Wars hotel experience. Like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. Have I would have killed to have that when I was a kid. Definitely. And they've just made it bad, and I'm so <laughs> angry about it. I'm so furious for all these kids that are growing up, and they could have had. Yeah, we're gonna go to uh, Moss Eisley Cantina for like our holidays, and it's just like a desert beach resort area, and you get to walk around, and it's space themed. Yeah, absolutely would would have been cracking. Would have yep. loved that. Sign me no, up. No, you get it. to go live in a box where everything <laughs> is screened, and the first orders they are asking for your papers. But, well, thank but, you. So, <laughs> another thing that was uh, was quite funny, and again, I've I've been on a, a YouTube binge, but I was I was hearing about it. But like the Star Wars, they call it Galaxy Edge, is like the part of the park mm. that's all Star Wars themed, but it all takes place in like one outpost so like it's uh it's it's got the (laughs) it's got the first order and it's got the rebels and both of them have a presence in this one outpost and they're kind of like moving around and trying to like outdo each other but like you can have um like one of the things that was talking about was how like Ray, Ray, the character, like the Disney character creator who's dressed up as Ray, like couldn't just do photo ops because, like, because every so often there'd be like a stormtrooper patrol, and it was like they were trying to make it an immersive experience, so they couldn't have her there and get tons of pictures taken. So instead, what they told the the character actor to do was to like take kids and like run around and like hide behind bins and stuff and like pretend that they're spying on the first order which is a like a good workaround but it's quite funny that you've got you've got like you've got like the first order and you've got like fucking kylo ren coming out and doing like gangham style and shit like that um it's all it's all bad take the kids yeah. to see max <laughs> to see max rebo and the jizz whalers that <laughs> Is I know that I know that the the music is called jizz, isn't it? It's it is, not it's called jizz, yeah. But are they are they called the jizz whalers? That cat, nah, I, that's that's been made up. I refuse to believe <laughs> that they're called is. the jizz whalers. That nah, that's banned. <laughs> I want to touch on something that was mentioned earlier, which is the Witcher. What did you think of the Witcher news and Henry Cavill leaving? I think it's a shame that there's no Witcher season four. Um, and, uh, <laughs> there is no or three. Sake. Um, I mean, he's he's still in it for season three. Isn't he? It, yeah, he is. But like, I mean, what state is season three in that he's when I'm no fucking staying for another one. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think I mean, much of season two. 
I thought season like season two's first episode was okay, but yeah. there really wasn't that much to. Season to two, it. I was there for Jaskier and Jennifer. Yeah, I, that was I was. They were fantastic. That one scene where they, they're rescuing each other. That was they gave that to the the Jen's gear shippers. That was wonderful. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I was kind of like just not that intrigued with it. I was like, oh, this is kind of boring. Yeah, um, and I think there was know, obviously that there's some there's some you know talks about money and stuff because you know Henry Cavill left to do uh, Superman supposedly, but it's like that man loved the witcher yeah he was all about the witcher life's dream and he walked away to do superman which he has said he's kind of ambivalent about and i'm like oh they fucked up yeah um like uh, they've something's went wrong the problem that they had with game of thrones the writers fucking hate fantasy yeah they keep trying to be like oh well no we don't really like the source material if you don't like it Fuck off. Fuck off. Let people that actually are passionate about to do it. Yeah, that, you know, like. Because they had such good characters. Like, all the actors are fantastic. There is not a flaw with any of the actors. They are all fantastic. They all bring wonderful energy. And the writers are sitting there going, eh, don't really like magic. And it's just like, why are you writing for a fantasy series? I'll kill you. Like, why? Like, I I really don't understand, like, the. When you have when you have an actor that's so unbelievably passionate about the source material that he is giving the writers daily advice on to how to make the character better. Yeah. Um, Cause like, I think one of the problems in season two with the Witcher was like Henry Cavill and the, well, Geralt became way more of like an action man. Whereas yeah. like, I think, Henry Cavill was always trying to like reel the character back into being more of like a a thoughtful witcher that actually you know is. he's he's he's, yeah. he's a bit of a philosopher he's a bit of like you know he's he's got a broader kind of appeal and I feel like they 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 knew that there's obviously a certain bunch of people who played the games and think he is an action mm-hmm. man but I think the like I don't know it's it's, it's a weird have him being more of a father to Siri. Like even yeah. in the game, you have the background where you have Yennefer and in Geralt very much co-parenting Siri. Yeah. And they've just destroyed that. And they, they, they want you yeah. to have the same attachment. And you're not going to have the same attachment because they've not put the groundwork in because and, it's not as fun. As yeah. I'm, I'm also thinking they they killed off a Witcher. Um, they killed off um, uh, a, a Yeah. Which doesn't happen in the book. Or the game. Or the game. <laughs> Lambert's a fan favourite. Everyone loves fucking Lambert and they just killed him off because they didn't know what to do with him. And it's yeah. like, oh, tell me you which, don't know what you're doing. Which was so weird because see, the there was like an animated Witcher show about Vesemir that came yes. out. It was either a short animated film or it was like a wee mini series. I can't remember which one, but the, it was the, the wolf, the nightmare of the wolf, or something. Yeah, called, I think. it was fucking really good. It was really it was. good, and like I don't understand how it wasn't. Like, so it wasn't on par with a lot of the stuff that people like about The Witcher. It was very no, much it a wasn't. Netflix animated special. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think like the nice thing when you've got that blend of like live action and like an animated like prequel almost is I, I can suspend my disbelief that maybe it's not exactly how like it's not going to exactly marry up with the series 
but it's more like a kind of like tale. I feel mm-hmm. like like it's why everyone says that House of Dragons amazing, the kind of the prequel to Game uh, of I'm, Thrones. I'm not. I I'm. Can. I'm. I can. I can. Like. Like <laughs> what? Why? Why would I watch a prequel for something that? I know turns up shit. Like what? Why? Like why would I ever want that? And then there's supposed to be another one of the aftermath with Jon Snow cutting about up north. It's like why? Kit Harrington is struggling to find another role and has just been planted as fucking Jon Snow. It's it's really disappointing. And again, it stems from writers writing things that they hate. It was very, very obvious that as soon as they ran out of source material for Game of Thrones, it was, oh, well, we we don't kind of really like the dragons. We're just um, (laughs) going to... Kill them all off. It's it's more about the sex and the violence. It's like, but dragons... But yeah. magic, but like <laughs> all the fun, intriguing stuff is just out the window, and all so, of a sudden it was just a complete shit show. But yeah. it's literally, it was you know we we see it in a lot of things. Like there's a lot of the good, lasting classics, like fantasy and sci-fi classics, were written by huge nerds who mm. love the franchise and who love you know the genres and everything, and and who and love who all the wee things. Yeah, and. Like it's the attention to detail given to things that a lot of other people would just gloss over. Um, one of the so I like moving it into the the sci-fi realm. I watched the first episode of the Halo series um, yesterday or the day before. Oh, really, and I I I cannot wrap my head around some of the choices that is made when there are like contemporary comparisons that show that what they were afraid to do was actually fine um like i think a uh, like all all the characters are like fine mm-hmm. but there's like one of the one of the problems and like one of the things that's probably been a really big it's been a massive part of my life i've played halo since i was like five years old um you know sitting doing couch co-op with my dad like mm-hmm. that was how i played halo on the first xbox <laughs> I like so like Mothman's having a revelation behind me like there's a halo <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's um, it's, the reason the reason why <laughs> the reason why you've not heard about it is because it was on paramount plus which was like the late uh. the latest uh thing to appear the latest streaming platform but like you know watching it uh, like you know it starts off um that there's like a bunch of rebels that don't like the unsc which is like the the kind of global united very kind of militaristic um human a uh, kind of colony these rebels are people who want their independence from the unsc um and like it's a really good way to introduce the the spartans who like the master chief mm-hmm. is and um like because they're they're talking about them as like it's all military propaganda it's all a threat like you know these these super soldiers are there to put us down and it's a good way to introduce them from like a narrative perspective it gives a new spin on it that maybe people who haven't watched the haven't played the games wouldn't be that familiar with seeing them that way um it does go into a wee bit more detail on the books but the master chief the main character has since the beginning of fucking time um, being a self-insert character, he never takes his helmet off. And when you have seen his helmet taken off in in games, it's always been like, uh like you know, you just see the eyes, or like mm-hmm. you know, the the camera cuts away. Um, and for and for some reason, in the very first episode, 
he, he he takes his helmet off and you see the actor underneath and he spends the majority of the time for the rest of the series with with the helmet off and you've got the mandalorian there which is like textbook like you can actually have a protagonist that doesn't show mm-hmm. his face it, it just it, it's and it works and it it, it works it, it works really well like because you can you can do things like focus on minor body language like quirks and you can show like great like you know great emphasis in relationship to all the other characters so i, I was I, I was a bit let down by it also uh, like one of the funniest things that i learned and this is just something that i've picked up by like just reading the internet i didn't go looking for spoilers but in it the master chief fucks he fucks which like a, a big part of his character is that he's essentially chemically castrated because he had to go through this like super soldier indoctrination program but like he fucks like he's he's, he's straight up he, he, not not only does he fuck but he also fucks like a kind of human that is like sided with the aliens which doesn't exist um yeah but yeah he's just he's it's, it's why <laughs> it just shows you it's being written by people that don't understand the source material at all but like or uh, the, what people like about it there's there's small tweaks that you could like easily make to like not do that as in i'm i'm not saying that the entire premise of the show is like unfounded i think you could probably still go- do quite a good like spin-off story but like why take something that's so obviously like rooted in canon for like the existing like because you when you're creating a show out of a video game you want existing fans to be able to jump right in at like surely you would think about them before you think about the wider audience right i mean you would think so you would absolutely think so but that's often not how it works because you're told speaking from being inside the industry you were told to aim for the broadest strokes possible because yeah, it, you can't rely on cult. But the thing is, with these franchises, you usually can rely on cult following. But exactly. So I don't understand why you don't pander to the cult? I mean, I mean, I, you know? I like. Sorry, we're jumping. We're jumping between multiple yeah, TV like, shows. Yeah. But like, this is tangents within tangents. Um, but like, I I don't know how the Witcher series survives the the jump to one of the Hemsworth brothers. Like, what? What's the in-universe explanation for Geralt having a completely different fucking face? Jennifer like, fucks up a spell. Oh, no. With a different face. And you just have Joey Beatty as Jasker. Just, you yeah. just have Jasker for the rest of the season being like, what's wrong with your face? Like, why do you <laughs> look different? Or going like, this isn't him. This is like... Um, yeah, I, I like the, the fan stuff that's been going over my dash where, you know, it's a, no but no explanation. No one notices it except Jaskier. Like, that would be... That would, be, yeah. The only way to salvage it, in my mind, that you have it, the, the character who routinely breaks fourth ball because he is also the storyteller. It, it would... Um, yeah. the, prob- the problem is, as, as, we, as we've already said, like, I mean... I'm going to struggle to watch season three of The Witcher, let alone beyond Henry Cavill leaving, because he brought, like, he, he very much is Geralt. Like, he's yeah. brought so much to that character in a really surprising way, because I was a wee bit worried when I first heard that, like, because I'd only ever seen him in Superman, and I hate, I hate Superman. I do like the Superman. I, I like no. the, the Man of Steel and 
the was Superman, Batman versus Superman, and I, because I like, they also fundamentally don't understand Batman or Superman. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> I could run it forever because I'm I'm a, I'm a DC girl. Um, I grew up with DC, and none of them understand. There hasn't been a good Batman since the Batman animated series. I'm gonna I'm gonna die on this hill. You can, people can bury <laughs> me under it if they want to. I will die on this hill. Um, it's it's very again people that are writing things like the issue I had with you know the Man of Steel. Superman never kills anyone. Oh yeah, and <laughs> Zod is just yeah, like Zod fucking snaps <laughs> Zod's neck or whatever, and you're like. Yeah. Tell me you don't understand Superman without telling me you don't understand. Oh, but it's got to be gritty and you know dark to get people interested. No, it doesn't. You can have Thor yeah. is currently a better Superman than Superman. Yeah, and to be honest, like on on top of that, one of the things I really didn't like about Man of Steel was the um, how they killed off the dad. I thought that was yeah. probably the worst way to kill off the dad because does he not like? I mean, Adam. They, I think have we spoken about this? I'm sure we have. Probably. But like small, like Smallville, when the dad dies in Smallville, it's like a heart attack or something, and it it's is, like yeah, it is it canon- through all the comics, through all the other movies with Christopher Reeves and everything else, he has a heart attack. Yeah, I mean, I, like no, don't save me from this tornado, son. <laughs> you you stay where you are. I was like, come on, to fuck. He could have just whipped round and got you. Like, or he could, he could, he could, he could have whipped round and grabbed you and taken you fucking six hundred miles in the other direction. Like, why? I, I don't so make it make sense. We have to give him worse trauma, and it's like heart, your father <laughs> figure dying from a heart attack is traumatic enough. You don't have to make this worse. There is yeah. no reason to keep escalating things, and that's what they do. They, they've gotten to the point where they want the most outrage from things because they've learned that outrage is as profitable as enjoyment and that's a problem Um, and it's very kind of um, when I get feedback there was a thing I got feedback from something back when I was doing the first draft was oh you could probably do this and Nathan's character could probably be sadder to make him more relatable and I was like Nathan's sad enough I'm not doing (laughs) yes that's not happening I do not this this story is not about the suffering it's about finding recovery and joy and love and like but all the advice i was getting mostly from entirely able-bodied people that were better reading for me was i mean he's just not suffering enough i'm like (laughs) have you are you are we reading the same thing you know and it was very kind of like it's the same thing you see in like modern media if it's not if they're not constantly one up one up each other with the tragedy it's very um you know, it's like, oh, we're not doing enough to make them suffer to make the redemption worth it. You yeah. don't need to suffer more to have a better life. And so, I really hate the idea that, well, oh well, I, I'm only missing two limbs. You know, imagine you're like it could be so much worse. Like, you know, and you're like, it, it, that doesn't need to be a thing. Yeah, it's like it the people thing. people who live off of like the peaks and troughs. Yeah. Um, like no. Like one of the things I enjoyed the most about Hunger Pangs was the way in which, um, like Nathan was treated by the doctor. I thought that that was like the kind of most, um, like the most like eye opening. Like this is how it should always be type thing because like that that was um, my complete. You know, people were like, "Oh, it's a it's a fantasy gas lamp romance novel," and I'm going, "The real fantasy is Doctor Allen because it's the the, the medical." (laughs) 
doctor that has absolute It's compassion. like the, the doctor that you actually want, yeah. But like, and I, he's, based, he's an amalgamation of the few good doctors that actually helped me, and I just put him into one character as a love letter to doctors that managed to hold on to their compassion. So, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I, I like, I like to, and like, I'm not saying that you would ever dabble in this, but I'm saying maybe a lesser author would have jumped in for like the miracle cure on Nathan. Um, I mean, and that was like, also, Fangs was also directly written to challenge that because in a lot of even supernatural paranormal stuff there's always the character has tragic thing happen magical cure happens and fixes them and that's sometimes that can be a very real form of wish fulfillment for disabled people that you do want the magical cure um i mean there are absolutely parts of me that if someone was like i can wave a magic wand and i can take away your inability to eat gluten i would be like who do who do i kill (laughs) who do i murder but um it was you know but there's also this kind of you can tell when it's written by someone with that experience versus someone who just thinks my existence is punishment yeah and i don't like that at all it's Mm. very obvious to me when you have um you know the the idea that being disabled is the punishment of the narrative and the 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 resolution is having that punishment resolved um it, it's one thing to to wish fulfill to have your own magic wand to fix things. It's another to be told your existence is unfeasible and also, you know, so undesirable that people will commit atrocities to avoid it. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No. Um, so that was with for Nathan's arc is very much definitely rooted in uh, achievable recovery. Let's yeah. say. Because for a lot of people, you can get better, things can improve, but it's, you know, largely dependent on having a support group and people that are compassionate and understanding and also competent care. Um, And it's, it bugs me that that's not more of a thing. Um, Hmm. And that there's not a lot of romance writers that actually do deal with it. I have been seeing some of them. And uh, I I feel terrible now because I can't remember her name. But she, she writes romances where most of the characters have what we would classify as invisible disabilities. And one of the characters literally just has IBS. Mm. And it got panned because, oh, well, who wants to be in love with someone who has that? It's like 90% of the population will in their life at some point experience gastrointestinal distress. If you can't handle that, like, leave people alone. Um, But it's very kind of, um, it's weird to see the things that people are like, this doesn't belong in fantasy. And then you have other people going, this absolutely belongs in fantasy because I don't deserve to be left out of the narrative. Yeah. Um, so, but it is, it's a, it's a thing with a lot of mainstream stuff. There's no inclusion, like any sort of inclusion is for the sake of here's tokenism. Whereas you yep. see a lot of stuff on the fringes is actually exploring actual kind of nitty gritty things, but they're doing it in a very, you know, positive and enlightening way. Hopefully I think. Um, yeah, I f- I feel like that. Sorry, there's a tangent that I could go on here, but it does unfortunately involve Twitter. Is that allowed? You, um, we're in the last twenty minutes. I will allow it. Okay, we cool. I'm ball. sorry. There was there was just there was one thing, and I'm I'm sure you've seen it on on Twitter this week. Um, but there was a uh, a woman who um had neighbors. I'm not sure if you you know where I'm oh going with this. Oh god, the food thing. Yeah, this this food thing. Um, um, yeah, I like. All right, go go. go. No, I'm just so. For those of you who don't know, um, a a woman who had 
and new neighbours who are adult men, um, she noticed that the the adult men were constantly ordering um, pizzas, right? So being a neighbour and seeing that they're they're ordering all the time, they think they were using like DoorDash or whatever it was, decided to make them a chili. Um, decided to make them some homemade chili. So uh, took a took a picture of herself making the chili, um, and then went to to hand it in, and um, has been monstered online by people, certain people on Twitter, who have been saying everything from um, she's a, a white saviour um, to she she didn't ask for consent to give them food um, to um, she, she's, she's ableist, she's a- ableist um, and uh, there was another there was another tangent of it which was uh, oh yeah they, all, they also started to critique the chelly itself <laughs> <laughs> that one's just an intimate <laughs> which is just it's like come on but like I, that that to me like the good thing is is that twitter's dying so it might actually be the last discourse on twitter to wrap the whole thing up into a bundle and fire it into the abyss but like i, I was i was gobs i was gobsmacked i could not understand for the life of me like how like there's there's a whole raft of things you can say about this. The first one is what the actual fuck. Like, how online do you have to be to consider the the age-old, I'm talking like since the beginning, since the dawn of humanity, sharing gift food. sharing food <laughs> has been like that's been like our thing. Apart from war, sharing food's been our thing. And like I, I couldn't get over it. It was like, and people have flocked to the like the the brilliant thing about like discourse is that there's there's people that get angry at the people who are originally angry, and then there's people who get angry about them, and it kind of zigzags up the ladder. Um, but like, I, I I could not understand the the thought process unless it's purely for clout right if it's purely for clout yeah. and you don't actually believe it that's fine i can actually almost say well done you've done a tremendous wind up but to get to like to get to the point where you're saying like you know you're oh yeah sorry another another facet of this was that the the woman was setting feminism back by cooking for the adult neighbors <laughs> The, like the the male the male neighbors um and it is like so so there's the there's the language around consent and i think when everyone hears me say consent their mind goes to one thing because that's yeah. really how it works um it doesn't it doesn't involve it can involve food but it doesn't tend to be about the sharing of food it tends to be about whether people will consent to sexual relations or not um, consent with food is I'm allergic to this thing or I don't like this thing please don't give it to me and then the person continues to do it anyway because they don't respect your boundaries yeah that's that's how that works it's, what it's person does, not that yeah and also like I would say like this is why community also dies like when people talk about community and versus like individualism like mm-hmm. 
accepting that food is contributing to the community just as much as giving that food is is contributing to the community by accepting that food you're saying thank you very much you're establishing a relationship with the person it does not matter if you then go and tip that food in the fucking bin you've done the like the face-to-face acceptance of that food that this is how i see it at least it's like you can contribute to the community without having to then go through the whole oh well what about me you didn't ask if i want fed by the way the guys accepted the food and ate it and returned the dish that's like and even if they didn't eat it and they binned it and they returned the dish that's still fine you know it's i mean (coughs) i have opinions on it because i'm someone who has um i've got a mass cell disorder for if you're somehow here and you don't know that joy's medical um kerfuffle but um I get people routinely who in the beginning of my disorder were very upset that I refused to eat their food because sharing food is like a a love language to some people. It's a way of showing kindness and community and togetherness and me being like, I'm sorry, I can't actually have that. Um, And having to explain that, you know, oh, well, I only put the pepperoni on one side of the thing. So, and I'm like, that's not how food and algae (laughs) has fed and swarms. I can't have that. Um, but some people get very angry when their kindness is rejected. And that's understandable because they've done a kind thing. But the, also the kind thing is to realise, oh, I didn't realise you had a medical disorder. No biggie. I, yeah. You know, it's the thought that counts. That yeah. would have been the way to handle that. That is not what these people are doing. They're just projecting to the extreme. And I honestly think a lot of it's got to do with outrage addiction. I think oh, people yeah. are so fucking bored and they're not getting enough dopamine from their daily lives because God knows who is. <laughs> They're looking for a thing to be upset about to feel something. Yeah. I mean I and think, I think like, that's a big part of Twitter in itself. Yeah. Um, I mean the thing the thing wasn't it, it it spiraled like massively out of control to the point where like one of the lines against why the original criticism was bad was that the person who said that the woman didn't ask consent she she ended up being a landlord which sparked a whole other fucking round of of, yeah no and like like yeah no a hundred percent but it was like people who make kind of ridiculous outrageous like over the top attacks that are trying to instigate a pylon on someone if if you're a landlord if you're a landlord and you're doing that like don't don't go moralizing don't go saying that the woman's not a feminist don't go saying like all this stuff because people are then going to have a deep dive at you and they're they're going to have a real they're going to they're going to look through all your fucking tweets and they're they're like they will yeah and it's like (laughs) i'm just saying it's like all of this could be entirely (laughs) avoided (laughs) you could have just not made that comment but it ended up spiraling to the point where um the like one of the things that people haven't seen um is that a lot of the original criticism that was directed towards the woman was um gender criticals or transphobes assuming that the woman was trans now the woman was a, <laughs> a cis woman this yeah i know this this adds a whole other mental canopy to the online discourse um but 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 what what you ended up was you had a bunch of transphobes agreeing with the original criticism because a lot of them assumed that 
it was a dog pile on a trans person, which it wasn't. The internet! It was a great idea! <laughs> it's just the, the worst, the worst fucking... It's just like, honestly... To be a gatekeeper, and you're, all, you're too young to remember this, but does anyone else in the chat remember when it was none of the normies were online because they were too computer illiterate to manage it? <laughs> and it was actually... I mean, I won't say it was better, but it was different in a better way. You <laughs> did not have this level of, you know, Facebook being on your phone was probably the worst thing because it gave everybody access to it. And then everybody realized they could shout their opinions. Yeah. Um, I was a t I was a teenager. I was not even a teenager. I was 11 when we got dial up and the internet was a wild west of terrifying things, but it was also made up of mostly techie sav people. So yeah. you didn't have to deal with, you know, Karen down the road telling you that you're being problematic because you baked food for someone, therefore you are unfeminist and also probably trans. I, I, yeah. I don't understand. Um, I, <laughs> I just saw Gaia online and had war flashbacks. Yeah, I remember Gaia online. Um, but, it, you know, I the level of outrage that people need to promote their own biases and bigotry yeah. Is insane, um, and I, I don't I I hesitate to use that word because it comes off as very ableist. Because people who are insane are more sane than this. This is a whole other level of unhinged. It is absolutely yeah. just you know, like it's very. It is. It's outrage addiction. It's looking for a reason to be angry about something and to propel your own outrage forward so that you can be the model upright standing person. Um, yeah. It's just, it is. I I watched the whole thing on Twitter whilst watching Twitter burn <laughs> down at the same time, um, and it was very. It it felt surreal. It felt like this is such a non-argument. It's like it is so, you know like we literally when we moved into our house, our you know, um, we we went over and saw the neighbors and said hi, and it became a thing where we went to movie nights. We brought food, and then you find out oh well, someone in the group has an allergy. So then you adjust your your thing for that. You just adjust. You don't yeah. take it as oh, I've been rejected because this person can't eat <laughs> personal <anything."> insult. <laughs> you know, and it's 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 very um, it it's hyper individual to the point of completely unhealthy. Yeah. If you were if you were looking at how well, I would be offended if someone did this. Okay, why? But also, you're not the same as everybody else not everyone has the same views not everyone wants to live in isolation yeah um and it, it's it's weird it is genuinely i i noped out of that um discourse pretty early on because i was like i am not he, i i yeah then it, it got to this is ableist and i was like i bet you know 99 of the people in that are claiming this is a form of ableism don't have any idea about dietary disabilities they're just they're latching onto the word that they know yeah. will get a knee jerk reaction to get a response. I think um, the 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 broadness of the attacks on this one woman was like a really textbook example of like trying to throw as much shit as possible and yeah. hoping that one of its like one bits of it stuck. Because in a way, it did appeal to the whole like the whole spectrum of outrage people. There will be people who see that. And see ableism and immediately jump in just as a gut reaction. Um, because obviously there's a lot of strong feelings about that. And there is a lot of ableist shit out there. But, like, 
I feel like, you know, the, the, the kind of broad appeal to, okay, let's get the fucking transphobes involved. Let's get, you know, like that and let's try and, I mean, the, the, the original quote tweet ended up being an 80 tweet thread about this woman cooking fucking chili for her neighbor. It's like, how do you, how do you get to that? Is there a way, like maybe like, as, as I've kind of been saying, maybe Twitter dying is actually the best thing possible because I've seen like people who I've, you know, been pals with on Twitter um, or people who I've seen as acquaintances on Twitter, like they're actually treating websites like Mastodon as almost like a clean slate. Yeah. Like people are being way more friendly and like introducing themselves to each other again. <laughs> like they're not bogged down in the, oh, well, you're followed by this person who I fucking argued with once. Therefore, yeah. you're a prick. You know, it's like all of that just There's many cleansed. things about Twitter that I will be glad to see the back of, but I am genuinely worried about things like, you know, black Twitter's its own community. The yep. disabled Twitter community is its own thing as well. Yep. And a lot of us have built survival networks through that. Um, there was a lot of people in the early days of, again, mass cell research. A lot of us were just on Twitter because it was the most accessible way to reach the broadest audience possible to be like, hey, is anyone else experiencing spontaneous anaphylaxis to the soap and the doctor tells you it's, you know, it's anxiety? And then a lot of us were going, yeah, actually, that happened to me. And it's <laughs> like, oh, cool. What is this? And then you had a doctor, you know, chiming in saying it's mass cell disorder. But yeah. um it, it is a good, it, it does have good purposes. The fact that some people use it for, you know, to me, it is bad for my mental health a lot of the time, but it has been necessary for revolution and change. I mean, the fact that Elon Musk today brought Trump back onto Twitter tells you why he bought it. Yeah. Um, the only good thing that can come of it is that he brought him back just in time for the website to collapse. Um, but yeah. it's, it's very... Oh. Um, I, there are lots of parts of it that I will miss. Uh, it was actually think, quite interesting because the other night, um, the, you would have been offline, I think, but there was somebody was holding a live space where all these people were listening in and there was like 20,000 people listening in. Mm -hmm. um, I grabbed the first half of it when a Tumblr Twitter account was there and they, they came onto the, the chat and you heard the first thing they said was, hello, and you were just <laughs> like, mm, that's Tumblr. Yeah. Um, and then they kept asking questions and things and then it, it progressed from there and then somebody pointed out well a lot of the panelists are very white can we get some racial diversity up in here they allowed one woman on who then was trying to be point out people in the audience and, and, but every time anyone tried to bring up anything oh, serious God. it was brought back to dick jokes and masturbation jokes and like it was very clear to them oh yeah this is so great i can't wait for twitter to collapse we, meanwhile you have disabled activists like Imani who are going this is the death of the lifeline for most of us because our community yeah. was founded through this and you had other people being like yeah when um, you know uh, all the, the revolutions were happening after George Floyd a lot of us co coordinated through Twitter you yeah. don't have that with Mastodon you don't have like, it with Tumblr I mean we've um, spoken about it from a like you know it the reason why Twitter was public was that it was offering a public service to a degree. You know, it was like when the, you know, we've spoken about this before, when the local service, like the local emergency services um, failed during like the Australian forest fires, Twitter mm -hmm. was the resource. Um, when things kicked off in Ukraine, people were glued to Twitter because that was how um, evacuations were being coordinated. You know, there was like lots of that 
Um, and to think that one man has been able to tank the fucking website um, in a smaller space of time than Liz Truss was Prime Minister, like, it's really quite, like... It's scary. It's, it's, well, it's, really it's, 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 it's scary, but it's also just quite sad, because, like, as you've said, it's, it's going to be hard to move entire communities to, like, another social platform i mean mm -hmm. like i'm 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 gonna mention the charity stream like the charity stream that like charity streams that i've done in the past the big 24 hour ones have been like actual events on twitter you know like mm -hmm. that's how a lot of people learned about the stream in the first place that's all the good comments and the oh it's amazing to be on here like twitter was good for the kind of fast commentary of like the moment to moment bits of a charity stream um I, you know i can't i can't do live updates on tumblr in the same way because then i end up with a tumblr thread that's fucking miles yeah, long yeah. Mm -hmm. um and it's also i mean the, the twitter thing i had people that had never ever heard of me because they'd seen the charity stream being such widely retweeted i think i handed it 200 books over twitter yeah um and it was like you can't do that on tumblr and you, and you, as Tumblr is my main, that's my home. I'm the ghost in the code at this point. But um, it was, you know, there are some vital things that will be missed for. And I, yeah. it really pisses me off that a rich boy with right wing fantasy ideas about him being the savior of free speech, unless it's about him, yeah. has managed to destroy it. I mean, it was a bin and fire before, but now it's a, now it's like nuclear wasteland. <laughs> I um, mean, the one, the one, the one thing, the one thing I will say to anyone who does want to jump onto Twitter at the moment, don't know why you'd want to do that, but um, at the moment, the 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 auto copyright service has failed, so people are um, uploading full length films in Twitter threads, and they're like using up the max amount of video time. So I think you can, at the moment you can go onto Twitter and watch a uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift in three minute <laughs> in three minute segments over the course of like ninety five tweets, <laughs> if you really want to. Um, but again, it's just like the old like, internet days when you had to go into um, what was it called, Mega? The it was the old how to stream things. You were watching twenty minute animes in like five segment thing that was <laughs> yeah. the upload yeah yeah a mega video or something like that. Um, <laughs> that it's like it's like being on dial up again for a yeah. lot of it i've it's... just been getting a lot of porn like i clicked on a lot of my oh. i have a lot of community tags for like the cdc and some other stuff and there's just porn everywhere and i'm like <laughs> i mean it's not the porn i'd look for but i was like oh <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> i was like what, what are the cdc branching into <laughs> exactly i was like um... oh, that's that's different but, but um, yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna radically change how online spaces work. Um, and I think, like, I, to be fair, I think Tumblr's playing a blinder at the moment. I think they're doing really they good are. on on Twitter. If you go and have a look, if you have to visit Twitter at all, go and look at what Tumblr's been tweeting because it is very funny. It's like they're they're we almost had the hollow cheater meme that everyone else has been posting. After they were asked in the live space, how are you handling? What do you think about people coming back to you know Tumblr? And then twenty seconds later, you had the "Welcome Back Cheater" sign on on the main page. I was like, "That's funny, actually. Staff are allowed like, to be funny." Yeah. Um, 
that like they are they are they are doing good like they they clearly it's it's funny because i think it speaks to tumblr as a website thriving on the chaos but like they're yeah. thri- they're thriving on the chaos of another social media's downfall <laughs> which i think's just uh, it's just amazing love it um yeah. why are we talking about the center for Co- uh, cdc okay cdc right. okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. almost got us taken it's off like... of um, spotify there <laughs> it's like yeah oh dear um <laughs> <laughs> right, but I think we can probably wrap up there and enter our like last uh, ten like window. ten minutes. Um, so thanks very much for that, folks. I hope you enjoyed all of the the various tangents. Like I think we were really, really at least partially. Sorry, I'm not. We're not really anything. Partially cohesive in the first hour, and then it went into like a mixture of just geeky tangents. Um, for the for the second half, which is what you've all come to expect at this point. Um, thank you to everyone who's watched live. Um, it's always good to kind of see and read your your chats. Um, but also thanks to everyone who downloaded uh, last week's episode. That was actually our most downloaded episode to date, um, which is really cool because it means we're on the up. It only took us twenty one episodes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was a that was a massive jump. Um, cowboys, and if you want more cowboys, let us know. Yeah, if, like, if it's if it's if it's if it's solely cowboys you're after, then we'll need to really pivot and learn our shit. Um, but yeah, well, well, we can do that. Um, but that is a uh, all uh, for me. Obviously, you can check it out on the uh, the podcast, folks. If you're in stream, if you download it on the RSS feeds, um, but you can also catch the actual live video on uh, YouTube as well. We've got a YouTube archive where you can see our faces. Not sure if that interests anyone who's listening. See my on. reaction to everything I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, crucifix nail nipples. Here we go. Um, <laughs> but thanks very much, uh, folks, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.